we're just gonna record in the hallway, huh? Yes, unless you can somehow open the door to the recording studio, which is currently blocked by a staircase leading to the rooftop greenhouse. You didn't used to have a rooftop greenhouse. Correct. I'm not sure what the contractarians were thinking, but I suppose even a broken clock, etc., etc. Unless it's a trap, which seems entirely possible. I noticed they installed a trap door in front of the spice rack in the kitchen. Oh no, that's been there for years. Whiplash made a bit too free with the spices the last time he cooked paella. I'm not made of saffron money, you know. Ah. There aren't any traps in this hallway, are there? Uh, No, no, this is my false sense of security hallway. It's important to have at least one part of your evil fortress that's perfectly safe. But is this hallway, or any of your more dimly lit locations, safe for plants? Plants require light to feed, and so you are essentially considering how much food your plant requires to thrive. Some plants can do quite well in a dimly lit hallway, such as this. The spider plant is one of the hardiest and most adaptable of the indoor plants. It will accept low light and even artificial light as its food source. The spider plant is named for the little spiderettes, or offspring, that dangle from the parent. Its appearance is that of a bushy green plant with arching leaves growing from the center. It's often favored for hanging baskets because of the cascading leaves that dangle over the side of the pot. It's also popular because it will tolerate most kinds of soil and light, including heavy shade. Your spider plant will continue to give leafy brilliance even when you offer only the most meager sustenance to it. It has the kind of dependability that is a rare thing in this life. When everyone around you just wants to take, 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 always asking, When is dinner? Where is the fire extinguisher? Why can't we have a puppy? The spider plant asks for not. Admittedly, you do have to water it, but you also have to water yourself in the course of staying alive, and so watering seems a small price to pay for such steadfast greenery. Eh, not really my kind of plant. It's a little plain. Is there something wrong with plain? Hmm? For someone who has nothing but black, I fail to see how you could object. Yeah, but look how many accessories I'm wearing. This look is a commitment. Well, then put your spider plant in an interesting pot. Hide a little dinosaur figurine in the leaves. I think spider plants are neat. They remind me of anemones. Hey, Merman. How goes being in charge? Well, the cleanup from the pizza treehouse is nearly done, so I think we'll be seeing fewer squirrels in the area suffering from oregano burps. That was one of my campaign promises, and I am proud to deliver. You didn't make any campaign promises. Or campaign. Your name just came up on the Ouija board. Well, it's spelled Merbnan, which I guess was close enough. What happened to the hatful of names? Oh, it was destroyed when the east gable of the pizza treehouse collapsed. The grease soaked right through all the names in the hat. (laughs) Amateurs, you have to dab pizza with a napkin before you start building with it. So how exactly did you make any campaign promises? Well, I put things on the chore wheel for myself. And... What is a chore wheel if not a campaign promise of our intentions to make our home a better place? Ah, okay. I was wondering why restore a sense of stability so that hardworking, blue-collar snake Montonians cannot just survive but thrive was on the chore wheel. But it makes a lot more sense now. Speaking of things that make no sense, Merman, is there a reason that you're hovering nearby? Have you nothing to supervise? No, not really. Everything's running smoothly. I'm just waiting for a meeting with Rodney. He's the head of the burlesque troupe, and also the head of this guild of contractarians. And so you are loitering. 
This hallway is a no-loitering zone. Okay, so let's do a walk and talk. A what? It's where we discuss policy while we walk around the hallways in a circle. As futile as that sounds, I am at least slightly concerned that if I remain in a fixed location, someone might build a rec room around me, so... Fine, we shall attempt your perambulatory dialectic. But I want to be clear that I am doing so only as an act of self-preservation. And just what is the nature of this unnecessarily cardiovascular discourse you apparently crave? You know, it's not my best leadership quality, but I really care about the little guy. I I just want to see him succeed. And? So, how you doing, little guy? Little guy. Yeah, uh, anything you want to talk out or any pointers you need? Skeletor is not a little anything. I mean, you certainly didn't used to be, but that's okay. You're perfectly entitled to enjoy your slow decline into obsolescence. Excuse you, I'm not in a decline. I chose not to wrest power from you lot. This is a decision. This is an act of punishment that I am executing. You are being denied the joys of my leadership. That's the spirit. It's that sort of moxie that helped make Snake Mountain the shining beacon on a hill that it has become. Shining beacon? What are you... Wait, did Whiplash light the attic on fire again? Probably. I sent some decoy piles of oily rags for him in some areas around the fortress that would benefit from a controlled burn, but that was nearly half an hour ago, so he's probably worked his way through those. What I meant was, Snake Mountain has always set an example for other autocratic dictatorships around Eternia. Yes, I suppose it has, hasn't it? Sure, it might not have been the most efficiently run, or the most successful, or the least on fire. And yes, you're scheming to attain the power of Grayskull meant that you neglected the finances and left it constantly on the brink of bankruptcy. And yes, both the infrastructure and the actual structure had fallen into a state of disrepair that made Evil Lin's rise to power not only possible, but in a sense inevitable. Flying in the face of all previous experience, I assume you have a point? But it was Snake Mountain. It inspired evil tyrants around the globe. Every nefarious villain and mutated strongman in Eternia dreamed of one day walking these hallowed halls and being... Well, being taken for granted and abused by you, and probably thrown in the moth cage for reasons they didn't really understand, but also being a part of something truly evil. Snake Mountain was the envy of every deranged sorcerer who ever dreamed of crushing the forces of good under their furry boot. What happened to us? Well, in your specific case, I suspect you inhaled too deeply from those piles of oily rags. As for Snake Mountain, it is clearly withering without the constant watering and irrigation that only my uniquely brilliant leadership can provide. Absent of my expertly manicured hand on its tiller, this fortress is merely another sprawling labyrinth of death traps and mystical runestones carved into the semblance of an attacking cobra like so many others. Well, sure, that's what Snake Mountain the Fortress is. But what about Snake Mountain the Idea? As a symbol, this stronghold has come to mean so much more. That's why I made it a priority of my administration to codify Snake Mountain's ethos into a series of mission statements. I had my team of speechwriters working on these all last night. Speechwriters? No one in this castle is capable of stringing together so much as a coherent birthday card, let alone craft a mission statement. 
I doubt any of the staff here has so much as heard of an adjective. Tough to tell, since Beastman ate all our Mad Libs, it really hasn't come up. But Clawful has a postgraduate degree in comparative attorney and literature, and let me tell you, that guy knows his way around a simile. Without him, I'd be as lost as... Well, I'm no Clawful, but I'd be pretty lost. Uh, anyway, which of these do you like better? Snake Mountain LLC, bringing authority and energy to evil and Eternia by delivering quality schemes. Or, Snake Mountain LLC offers a unique conquering experience for Eternia and the power of Rayskull by providing the highest quality evil schemes. Ugh, neither. Are you trying to bore Eternia into submitting to your will? Those are both terrible. Really? Well, okay, how about... At Snake Mountain, our mission is to bring quality evil to the people of Eternia by leveraging sorcery, concocting schemes, and defeating that meddling He-Man. Well, it, it's a little better. I liked the part about defeating He-Man, but there's still no pizzazz, no showmanship. Hmm, I guess you're right. Riley, make a note to have Clawful executed for incompetence. What? You can't do that. Thank you. Riley is my minion, not yours. Not what I was talking about. And you can't go about executing hench people just for being incompetent. If we did that, there'd be no staff. Look, Skeletor, I can appreciate that you may not have the stomach for leadership anymore. But since you stepped down, discipline around here has been pretty lax. If I'm going to restore order around here, I'm going to need to be taken seriously. And you can't make an omelet. Without breaking a few eggs, yes, yes, I know. What? Oh, oh, I see. No, I was saying you specifically can't make an omelet. As in, you are now banned from using the new omelet station in the break room. That's your punishment for contradicting me in front of one of my subjects. Not one of your subjects. But can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. That's a pretty good metaphor. Seeing as I'm about to have an opening in my speechwriting department, there just might be a place in my administration for you. I'd reinstate your omelet privileges. Well, seeing as the break room is currently walled off behind several layers of sheetrock and potentially trapped in a pocket dimension, I'll pass. Merman, exactly how many people have you sentenced to be executed? Let's see. There's a Stinkor, Ninjor, a Triclops, a Fakor, Webstore, Blast Attack, Trapjaw, Spikor, Too Bad, Beastman... Calculator, I'm sorry, he's going by Badger now, and as of a few minutes ago, Clawful. Oh, and I was going to have Mandy faces executed, but it turns out he doesn't actually work here. So that's 12, I think? Possibly 13. Does too bad count as two people? You know, I've never been sure about that myself. That's insane. You can't execute all those people. Riley, since you're not technically a resident, I'm going to let that slide. But you're still banned from the omelet station. And obviously, I know I can't execute all those people. Okay, you had me worried there for a minute. No, no, no. That's a union job. I may be a tyrannical overlord, but I'm not a scab. The guild is sending a guy over on Tuesday to take care of that. What the heck, Merman? Those people you're talking about having killed are your friends. What happened to the sweet, goofy, helpful, unsettlingly damp weirdo who helped us make pillow forts on movie night? You mean Spikor? I never thought of him as damp, but he's in the conversation pit awaiting his execution on Tuesday. I mean you, you bloodthirsty doofus. And wait, conversation pit? 
Well, since Evelyn made those renovations to it, it's really more a terrifying conversation oubliette. <sighs> and I get your point, Riley. Look, inside, I'm still the same merman. The merman who makes cocoa and lets you have all his marshmallows when you're having a bad day. Who helps you make flashcards to study for your marine biology test. Who bakes you cinnamon raisin bread and then picks all of the raisins out of your toast for you. Because you hate raisins, but you like when the little pockets that they leave fill up with melting butter. Who oils your mechanical jaw for you when it gets rusted shut. Okay, I'm pretty sure that last one was trap jaw. Really? Man, you surface dwellers should start wearing name tags or something. Look, the point is, I'm still that person. But once I put on the crown, I cannot allow sentimentality to affect my decisions. What crown? Well, in this case, it's technically a handsome little crown-shaped lapel pin that I affixed to my chest harness, but the point stands. I have responsibility. Heavy is the lapel that wears the crown. Riley, stand still. Nay, I have an obligation to the residents of this castle. Rapidly dwindling though they may be, I have to be the leader that does what is best for the future of this evil fortress. He's gonna notice that we're not following him. Eventually. In the meantime, will it kill Beastman? Rosemary. Now, to all outward appearances, Beastman is a vacuum cleaner that will indiscriminately devour all in his path. This is true when it comes to plants. When it comes to things with actual nutritional value and, dare I say, a vitamin in them, Beastman is one of the pickiest eaters in this entire evil fortress. He is second only to Whiplash, but Whiplash at least has the good grace to do most of the cooking. Whiplash prepared a beautiful spread of grilled sausages and freshly roasted summer vegetables seasoned with rosemary. Beastman took one sniff and began hacking and foaming at the mouth and claimed that only having ice cream for dinner could revive his ailing health from the poisonous rosemary. As it happens, rosemary is not poisonous to dogs, cats, or even horses. Granted, they might not particularly enjoy it, but it will not cause any ill effects. Well, unless you have a beast man who got toothpaste stains on the rug from his pretend foaming at the mouth. For his commitment to the bit, Beastman was permitted to stick with the soup and salad courses, but he was sentenced to wash the Snake Mountain rugs and hang them out to dry. Well, the, the ones that we could access at any rate. The rug in the laundry room hasn't been seen in several weeks. Honestly, neither has the laundry room, which has had some unfortunate implications. There is only so much rubbing fragrant herbs on your clothes can do to stave off the need for laundering. And yes, one of those fragrant herbs is rosemary. Rosemary is one of the hardiest herbs you can grow in your garden. Woody-stemmed herbs are perennials and never require replanting unless they die completely. Indoor care is more intense. If you have a rosemary plant, and why shouldn't you? You can practically buy one at your local feed store or bingo hall. I would encourage everyone listening to avoid the bingo hall. Nana may have formed some sort of gang and there's something of a turf war happening. Fine, your local grocer. The point is, Rosemary enjoys neglect outdoors, but indoors is a different story. Put your rosemary plants on a tray of pebbles and fill the tray with a small layer of water. Make sure that the bottom of the rosemary's pot is above the water line. Rosemary enjoys absorbing moisture through the air. Water your rosemary roughly every two weeks or when the soil is dry. Rosemary is sometimes called an upside-down plant. It prefers dry roots and moist foliage. So if your rosemary is struggling, you may loosely cover it in a clear plastic bag to lock in moisture and mist it occasionally with a spray bottle. It needs light, so the brightest window you've got is your best bet for ensuring that rosemary survives indoor care. 
Rosemary! Will it kill Beastman? No, however much he might pretend otherwise. I thought it was cute that he drew X's on his eyelids. <laughs> I might have been more mercifully inclined had his death throws not knocked over my Ming Aurelia. Thank Grayskull, I had yet to put it in a proper ceramic pot. Heads up, I think Merman is coming back this way. Quick, in here! Whoa, hey there, swimming pool. Didn't expect to see you on the third floor. I think at this point the Contractarians are making a game of hide the swimming pool. Skeletor? Is that you in there? What now? I'll handle it. Non, non, Skeletor n'est pas ici. C'est moi, Jean-Paul, le contracteur. Uh, je vais aller à la plage et je me brosser au don. Oh, well, uh, okay, Jean-Paul. Not sure why you wanted to tell me about your weekend plans and how much you enjoy dental hygiene, but, uh, keep up the good work. And let Rodney know I'm ready to meet to discuss the contractarian negotiations whenever he's ready. I'll just keep looking for Skeletor. If you see him or Riley, ask him if Thursday works for them being executed for treason. If not, I could try to squeeze them in on Wednesday, but I have a hard out at four. D'accord. Uh, bon chance, homme de la mer. Where the heck did that come from? Trilingo. I thought you said you wouldn't do a word from our sponsor anymore. That was before Trilingo saved us from hearing any additional claptrap about Eternian exceptionalism. I get enough of that from Randor on our annual Siblings Day fishing trips. Trilingo! For how long have you sat in monolingual monotony, moping about how you can only demand fealty from your soon-to-be subjects in a single language? Perhaps you'd like to try your iron fist at conquering a foreign kingdom, but are concerned that you would be unable to locate the bathroom or library. These are the sorts of tyrannical tribulations which have plagued would-be usurpers to various thrones for centuries, but no longer. After a few brief lessons, Trilingo will have you threatening, bullying, and, most importantly, conquering previously independent nations around the globe. Trilingo! Try it today, or, as they say in Andrenia, What did that last bit mean? Technically, it translates as, My lower femur is laden with pollen, but a stiff breeze from the northeast may dislodge some of it. I'm told that it is a sort of catch-all greeting. Or possibly a marriage proposal, depending on whether you emphasize the seventh Z or the ninth one. My free trial subscription ran out before I got a chance to clarify. And you're not worried about getting that wrong? Riley, when have I ever gotten something wrong? Uh-huh. Well, just to let you know now, if you end up engaged to an Andrenid, I want to be ring-bearer. Okay, I don't hear anything out there. I think Merman's gone. Excellent! Just in time for Leaf It to Me! For today's Leaf It to Me, I'm going to address a tweet asking about plants appropriate for children to begin enjoying the fun of gardening and plant care. Well, it just so happens that I, Skeletor, am excellent with children. I am going to need photographic evidence before I believe that. They are vicious and curious little creatures who want everything their way and want it immediately, if not sooner. They demand fealty and want appreciation at all times. Aside from the stickiness, we largely see eye to eye on things. Really, the main issue is that I don't care for the competition. And I do admire that a lot of their clothing has tractors on it. 
I'm not sure why it's assumed that all children like agricultural equipment, but I find the idea of tiny farmers amusing. That's oddly whimsical of you. What's whimsical about wanting tinier, more nimble hands pulling weeds? Really, the only downside is their lack of attention span and their difficulties with motor coordination. In that sense, it is much like asking Beastman to do... Well, anything. Crap, it's Merman. There you guys are. Gee, Skeletor, you are such a prankster. I'm really gonna miss you. Oh? And why is that? Are you planning a diplomatic mission to that fabled aquatic realm of which you claim to have been potentate? What was it again? Made up a stan? <laughs> Made up a stan? Such a kidder. No, no, we won't be establishing an embassy there until week after next. Until then, I'll be concentrating on domestic affairs. I just meant I'm gonna miss you after I have you executed for undermining my authority with this little game of hide-and-seek. Listen here, you moist-meloned marsh monarch! I have had just about enough of you and your dictatorial drivel. Now be gone! I have a leafer to me to address. I really wish you hadn't said that. Oh, heaven forfend. Did I hurt your precious waterlogged feelings? No. Well, a, a little, but that's not the point. See, I was considering granting you a stay of execution, you know, in recognition of your past services to the throne. But now, I'm afraid it's out of my hands. I can't just unwrite the laws of the outgoing administration. There are safeguards against that. They can only be overturned by a two-thirds majority vote of the council, and since most of the council is awaiting execution, there's no way to establish a quorum. What are you talking about? Whiplash was the last person to run Snake Mountain, and he certainly didn't make any edicts which made Sass punishable by death. Crud. Oh, I didn't mean Whiplash. All the laws he made were pizza-related and punishable by, and I quote, I don't know, like, laser dinosaurs or whatever? But he never specified whether he meant dinosaurs firing lasers or dinosaurs made out of lasers, and seeing as how neither of those things exist anyway, those laws really aren't enforceable. But one of Riley's first acts when she was ruler was to make the utterance of a certain word a capital offense punishable by beheading. And when you just insulted me, you used the M word. You know, the M-O-I-S-T word? Riley, is this true? Maybe. Riley? I have always supported and encouraged both your word aversion and your occasional propensity for swift and ruthless vengeance. I specifically cited those qualities in the letter of recommendation I wrote for Which you. Which is why I never used that letter. But if your capricious edict results in my being beheaded, I am going to strongly consider withdrawing from the mentorship program. But I was only kidding about that law. Like, 60% kidding. Okay, maybe 30%. A percentage of me was probably partly joking. Riley! A constitution is a terrible place to use context-dependent humor. That's like autocratic dictatorship 101. I know, but I really hate that word. Crap. I guess power really does corrupt. Of course it does. That's why I worked so hard to become fully corrupt before assuming a position of authority. It's also why this soggy-skulled pseudo-sovereign has gone kill-crazy all of a sudden. Merman, while I have a newfound begrudging respect for your ruthlessness, I believe you will find that Riley's decree is superseded by Article 3, Subclause 19, which clearly states, No beheading Skeletor. That is an oddly specific subclause. 
No, uh, subclause 19 just says Hordak sucks. Well, he does. Ah, but here it is. Article 2, subparagraph 7, right after the crop rotation amendment, no beheading Skeletor. Well, that's a relief. I knew it was in there somewhere. And you're right about me, too. I really thought this time would be different. That I could take charge and help make things run a little more smoothly without getting carried away. But every time I take up the mantle of leadership, I end up sentencing those I care about to be executed. <laughs> You'd think I'd have learned that by now. This crown-shaped lapel pin is more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> if the me from a few seconds ago had seen me do that, I would have had to have me executed for littering. Well, I for one am glad to have the old merman back. Thanks, Riley. In a way, it's too bad, though. Aside from nearly killing all my friends, I was really good at running this place. I finalized a tentative budget plan that would have had this place operating at a profit by the end of the quarter. I negotiated mutually beneficial non-aggression pacts with several neighboring strongholds. I hammered out a biannual cooperative scheme transference arrangement with the Horde, contingent on realm conquering, of course. And I oversaw the establishment of an evil warlord accreditation and review committee, which would help arbitrate any inter-realm power disputes. Didn't you take over as leader, like, this morning? Yeah, I was a little rusty at first, so it took me a little while to get into the swing of things. Oh, and I had a proposal for the contractarians that I think Rodney really would have gone for. In exchange for setting them up with some lucrative government contracts from some neighboring kingdoms I had diplomatic ties with, I think I could have gotten them to agree to stop their retaliatory construction on the fortress and accept a more relaxed payment plan. Oh well, I'm gonna go get everyone out of the conversation pit and see if we can figure out where that omelet station ended up. Uh, you guys want anything? Uh, no, I'm good. Hmm? Oh, no, uh, uh, be gone, you blundering brackish buffoon. Aw, I missed this. Bye, guys. Government contracts, eh? Riley, I think I might know how to put an end to this contractarian nonsense. You're not prone to seasickness, are you? No. Why? Siblings Day is coming up, and this fraternal fisherman is going to land a royal chump. <laughs> oh, good. A scheme. Indeed! Although I must say, I found Merman's lethal leadership style a bit... unsettling. Eh. It was less scary than when Nana used to come to my trombone recitals. Trombone? It's a whole thing. Dad had a spare, and I lived in a house of early 2000s music influences, blah blah blah. If you ask follow-up questions, I will bring it, and I will scot you. You wouldn't dare. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. And this has been Garden Plots with Skeletor! Come back next episode to hear more about plants and absolutely none percent ska! Garden Plots with Skeletor is written by Marissa Bond, Megan Bob, and Nathaniel Hubbard, and edited by Dan Mulcairin. Our theme song is Daydream by Rafael Medina, and our logo was created by Kit Mulcairin. Skeletor is played by Dan Mulcairin. Riley is played by Kit Mulcairin. Merman is played by Nathaniel Hubbard. Additional music from filmmusic.io from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and all associated characters are property of their owners. You can reach us at GardenPlotsWithSkeletor at gmail.com, on Twitter at Garden underscore Plots, or through our website, GardenPlotsWithSkeletor.carrd.co. 
If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You can donate to Skeletor Schemes on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash gardenplotswithskeletor. Thanks for listening.